Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. It is Live Transformed, episode number 238. And we have Dr. Jim Richards mm-hmm. in the house, in his house. <laughs> That's right. Over Feels the- like I'm in the house. I but, know. Uh, I just well, love I'm that not. we all get to be together. Yeah. This, I'm just so grateful for technology. Yeah. These, so these days are good. And I know yes. that for you, you're listening to the recording. Yeah. And I know that it's just going to be as fresh and mm-hmm. as new and alive. As right now, as we're taking the, the, the time to record yeah, it. Yeah, and the fact- Jim, thanks so much, you know, for doing that. And Man, I love it. I enjoyed, we started a new series, if I can say that. I, it, we're going to just jump right into this place of identity. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's it's kind of a, uh, um, a phrase or a word or a topic. Let's let's go that yeah. way. It, it's, it's a topic that... Many, many, many feel as though, oh yeah, I got that, I yeah. know that, and we're just going to take a whole nother look, you know, at it. We'll, we'll walk around it, but I believe, you know, um, in this journey together, you're going to find a depth of life, you know, walking in light, life and love as never before. So, yeah. thank you, you know, for taking the journey with us. Yes. Yeah, like last week, Jim, you said we're going to discover to get into a realm of identity. Mm. Yeah. Like we couldn't have even imagined. And that's mm-hmm. that's not two words we usually put together. The no. different de- talking last week about those dimensions and realms. It's like, oh, there's an identity that's in a realm, yeah. the realm of identity. So I'm curious and, and excited mm-hmm. about what that's going to look right. like. Well, I think a lot, uh, I'll just jump in and then I'll flip <clears throat> it to you, because I think a lot of people see it as more the theology of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and not necessarily... The, not necessarily the application yeah. of it. Yeah, it's you know one of the sad things that always happens in Christianity is um, a realization of a truth explodes onto the scene from someone who is experiencing it, mm-hmm. and then you get preachers, people that are excited about hearing it. But this this almost all goes to ego almost almost immediately mm-hmm. because it's like I'm going to go preach this now, and uh, yeah you know when when we develop a heart physics coach, we we just tell them we won't even accept you into our program until you have been doing heart physics for at least a year, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we accept you in the program. Then we start training you, and then we start taking you through all this kind of stuff. And it's kind of interesting. I, I, I've I've got a guy who have I guess in his mind is considering himself a competitor to me. And uh, and so, you know, it's like, you know, we've got this program where you have to do heart physics for a year and then you start. And really the truth is, I mean, you, you can be helping people all along, but as far as Please. being able to legally call yourself a coach, you're right. talking about two or three years down the road. Right. And so, so, so this guy, you know, he kind of the way he tri- competes with me, which I'm not competing with him, is, well, you know, I have a program where you can become a coach in six weeks. Yeah, great. And people are like, why should I Why should I stay in a program for three years uh, uh, when I can get the certification from this other person in six weeks? And that's, yeah. sort, of, that's sort of like saying, well, look, I can, I can get a certificate for p- passing the kindergarten, you know, <laughs> Or maybe I, why should I stay 12 whole years in school and get a diploma? I mean, a kindergarten certificate should get me through life this You're being, now you're being, now you're. I'm not being mean. I tell you what, I'm being is real. 
You know, how know, many, how know many people are I in the ministry are. today yeah. that have yeah. no real life experience? They haven't right. walked much of this stuff out very far. They do, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying they're not called. I'm not saying that, that they can't help a lot of people. But, you know, you got to realize, uh, you know, in, in the early church, uh, 50 was kind of the age. 30, you know, there was there were, 30 was a demarcation point, but 50 was kind of an age where, okay, we'll, we'll let you be a part of this group of people that identify, you know, as certain types of ministers. And so, um, you know, in this instant world, we got instant ministers, instant life coaches, instant everything. But the real truth is they don't produce fruit. Right. They talk, 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 counsel, 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 counsel. And everybody can read, everybody can repeat phrases and, and scriptures, but they really don't have them working in their own life. And they really can't much, they can help people a little bit, but they don't help people much in their life. You know, bottom line, we get, we, it's going to be so personal how we get these experiences with God to work because we are so unique from each other. But when we get these experiences to work for us, we do develop ways to communicate them and share and help others to experience them. And that's, that's a beautiful um, interaction and joy that I love. You know, I love doing oh, sessions, yeah. heart well, work you, sessions. When, with you, when you guys, it, it, with all the experience that you guys had, the honest truth is y'all were qualified to just instantly become heart coaches. You still had to do case studies just like yeah. everybody else. I am so glad because those case studies we started doing years ago <laughs> actually began our entire um, thing that we're doing now. I yeah. mean, it's because we started making them more formal and yeah. writing them down and doing all the work and then developing them. And it continues to develop. And I'm so grateful so, for every one of you that are helping other people and so helping So back yourself. in the 70s, yeah. when the whole concept of identity started kind of exploding onto yeah. the charismatic world scene and ultimately worked its way into the Word of Faith movement, uh, it it just became more like a positive confession than anything else. Had nothing to do with bearing fruit in my life. Had nothing to do with mm. developing character. It had nothing to do with changing. Now, now we talked last week about this thing about dimensions. Now I'm telling you, if you didn't listen last week, turn this oh, off, wow. go back and listen to it, or you'll be lost wow. because we yeah. we laid a foundation last week. So you know, if you if you know, I was on a ship in, in a. Uh, uh, a hurricane once, small ship, had probably five times as many people on it as legally should have been, so which meant we were great candidates to sink in, in this ty- it was a typhoon uh, in that part of the world. So, you know, I, I had a sense about just to do exactly what the Apostle Paul did, which was walk over and you know, look across the, that that bow and and look directly at that storm and speak to it and take authority over it. And I did. So let me ask you something: If you're on a ship and a typhoon is probably going to sink, would you rather have somebody that has had that kind of experience, has that kind of confidence, can enter into another realm and make it work, or would you rather have somebody that can quote you the scriptures about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've, you know, we've kind of reached a place to where it's like, I, I don't, I I'll think the person with experience and that makes things work. Like, I thought, do I want like, some, yeah, do I want like, someone doing surgery on me? If I like the way they doing? preach, if I like the way they preach, I'll take the guy that can, you know, that can preach good. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, I, sp I spoke over you. So go ahead and say what you're saying. No, I wasn't saying much. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, so in the 70s, man, there was this explosion yeah. Of, yeah. of identity teaching. Mm -hmm. And I was right at the center of it. You know, I, the, the Bible college that I went to back in the 70s probably was was kind of like the premier Bible college, right. charismatic Bible college in the world. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, we had over a thousand students when probably when Rama had a hundred students, you know, I mean, we, we, mm -hmm. we were out there and, and we had great theological teachers. I mean, I'm telling you, these people were good. They were real pioneers. And I'm not saying that they had it all nailed down, but I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, we, we were in a great place. So some of the most popular names of ministry in America and the world came to our home church and our Bible college and would, would speak in church services. And then usually sometimes they would stay over and teach classes. And so, so, you know, I, I got to meet a lot of these people. I mean, I got mm. to, I got to I, you know, I would hear them preach and they would come to a class and, and they might teach some classes and we would get to ask them questions and, and then, uh, 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 you know, we would, we would interact with them on all kinds of different levels. And, uh, uh, so, you know, we got up close and personal with a lot of these people and, uh, it was amazing to meet these people that could preach incredibly powerful messages about something like identity. Mm -hmm. But when you got to know them personally, they were deeply insecure. They, they didn't have any sense of actually walking in or living in, you know, this message that they were preaching. And that was part of the problem. It was a message. It was not entering into another dimension where you experience yourself in a totally different way where you don't, you don't have to think to change what you're doing. You, you have gone into a transformational phase and you do everything totally different than you did, you know, a minute before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when you see this stuff up close and personal, you know, when I released the prayer organizer, man, I don't even remember what year that was. I think I, I think I first released a real scaled down version of it, you know, probably 85, maybe 86. But it, it was amazing how many big name preachers wanted to talk to me about prayer. And they all taught about prayer. They had all these things to do about prayer. But one-on-one, uh, -on -one, they would get me and say, but I really don't have a prayer life. I really don't pray. And I need your help. Can you, can you wow. help me get a prayer life? Right, right. And I'm sitting here thinking, you guys are up here standing in these pulpits telling millions of people around the world how mm -hmm. to pray. And you don't even know how to pray yourself. Yeah. That's kind of the way, that's really the way, you know, 20th century and 21st century Christianity has gone it's it's kind of the Apollos Apollos versus Paul scenario, right? Uh, right where right. Paul had the truth, but he wasn't a good preacher. Right. So Apollos didn't even have the truth, but he was a real he was good a preacher. Great preacher. Right. And so people would side with him against Paul just because he could preach it better. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's kind of that's kind of what goes on out there in the world still to this you know to this yeah. very day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so as we move forward in this identity thing, I think that what I'm excited about is it, it is going to get practical. There is going to be fruit. And I think that calling it that realm of identity, like what we talked about last week are things that we've never talked about in a podcast before. I, I was yeah. really encouraged mm -hmm. about the foundation we're laying for identity because it's different yeah. than what that I've heard from identity most of my life. 
Mm. Oh, not different, but yeah. I'm sorry. I, same I don't know if that's same right. truth. It's just and I don't even want to say evolved because I don't yeah. want to sound, but it kind of is. It's like no, this is next level. We'll just call yeah. it next level. Yeah. So anyhow, you know, I, and I'm thankful. You know, sometimes even when people preach a shallow message about something, sometimes there are people that get inspired and go search it out for themselves, mm -hmm. and, and they take it somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, so often they just take the shallow version and they run around mimicking it and you know right. confessing it, all that kind of stuff, and then really nothing has has actually happened in their life. You know, if we're going if we're going to talk about identity, the first thing we we've got to do mm -hmm. is we have to perceive in our heart who Christ is. Because if we don't perceive who he is, see, you don't become, you don't get transformed into who God is beyond your perception of who God is. So, you know, it's, it's like if, 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 if I look out the window and there's, and there's a, a, a goat out in the yard and uh, I want it to be a pony, and uh, and I imagine that it's a pony, then I'm going to go get a saddle and I'm going to try to ride it. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? But it's still never going to be a pony. It's just going to be a goat right. with a saddle on it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of the way we are with this whole identity thing. It's like, well, well wait a minute. You, you're talking about, you know, your, your identity in Christ. Well, well, oh, this is not you in Christ with a separate individual identity. Mm -hmm. This is you in Christ sharing an identity. And so the question wow. is, if you, you know, like if you believe that Jesus is all right with you living in sin, then you don't see him as he is. If you believe it's all right for, you know, for you to be stingy, selfish, to lie, to cheat or whatever, uh, you, can't put, you're, you can't put on the identity of Christ because you have created an idolatrous, godless identity of Christ. You don't even know who he is, so you can't be transformed into something if you don't even know what it is. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, my um, recommend, go ahead. No, no, no. I, 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 it's, that can be, I remember years ago, I heard you say something like that. And part of me meant, wait a minute. Like you almost said something like we make Jesus what he wants us to be or how we need him yeah. to be. And part of that, there isn't a part of that where he's so personal and relatable to me that he is very much yeah who the perfection of who I need and want Jesus to be. Yeah. But then it has to be completely congruent to his character, his nature, the word of God, everything else. Because if there's a compromise on that, then I believe it just becomes our own oh, yeah. false image of who Jesus is. You know, when I, when I used to do meetings with a lot of these big name guys, I am telling you that is not for the faint of heart. Because you you step into a cesspool. Now I'm not mm -hmm. saying people. This is this is you know in the 80s. So this is 40 years ago. So I'm not saying anything about right. anybody's on the scene right now. I don't. Most of that I don't. I know some of them personally, but back in those days, I know a lot of them personally. And you know, it was a cesspool of dishonesty and greed and immorality and 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 you know all all of this kind of stuff. So there, but there was a doctrine. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there, there was kind of a doctrinal position because most of them believed in a bad God, an angry God. And so there was a doctrine that if you were displeasing to God, he was just going to judge you and kill you. And so when these people would live these wicked lies and God didn't kill them, 
they they had to develop some kind of uh, crazy. They, they do it. There was a lot of different kinds of crazy doctrines. It's like well, because I'm anointed, then 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 God gives me a pass on this stuff. You know, wow. because I'm called to do these things. So basically, yeah. the fact that you know that God didn't kill them dead out in the parking yeah. lot, uh, they 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 were able to twist the truth around and come up with an image of God that was totally out of sync with who God really is. Mm. Now, once you twist that image around, then you cannot see beyond or just, you know, you, you, you can justify yourself to live in that image because that's who you believe God is. Like an angry parent that believes God wants you to beat your kids all the time. And every time something goes wrong in their life, they think it's God beating them. So... So they can justify beating their kids because this is how they see God. We become the God we believe in, whether it's real or not. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was profound. We become the God we that we believe in, yep. whether it's true or not. Absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, this is why the heart... A repentant heart, because a repentant heart is not proud. It surrenders, you know, to to the word of God, to the will of God. It's teachable. It's 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 ready and willing to give up its own opinions, its own doctrines, and its own ideas. And there's such a paradox in that because there's a part of you that says, you know, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold on to what I understand to be true about God, but I'm also going to say if from a biblical perspective i see that what i am understanding about god is not correct i'm willing to let go of it i'm willing to make any kind of change i need to make as long as it is within the scope of biblical bounds you know like i tell people it's got to harmonize with the names of god it's Mm -hmm. got to be congruent with the life and the ministry of the lord jesus christ and it's got to harmonize with the new covenant and last of all it's got to bear fruit Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if it doesn't fit into those 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 if it doesn't four fit categories, into those, yeah. Then I then then even if I think I'm seeing something that's true, then I got to hit the brakes on it. So oh, wait a minute, there's yeah. something about this that, that's that's not right. right. So you get into such a paradox because stop and think about it. You're, you, you, let's say you built your whole life and no ministry around a certain belief. Your ego is invested in it, and remember, yeah. your ego is your false identity. And so your your mind always seeks to prove that you're right and preserve your ego, preserve your false right. identity. Right. So, so, man, you're talking about an interesting internal battle that you go through yeah. of, I want to preserve, there's a part of me that wants to preserve my ego, but there's a part of me that wants to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Right. And there's this just puts such value on when we're teachable, willing and humble and constantly adaptable, constantly willing to hear, constantly. If we're if we're stuck believing and thinking and praying and doing everything the same we were back then, like even five, 10 years ago, I don't think we're moving forward. Like, I think that we are constantly moving and and developing. And as you said, like we can't get stuck. Humility, mm-hmm. humility is always just such a big thing in, in scriptures. So from the from the 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s, 2000 perspective of identity, it became more about having faith for an identity and believing for an identity. And usually that identity was never, it was never validated or corroborated or or, or 
you know, in no way do we look at the life of Jesus and say, okay, this identity that I'm putting on, is it, is it in harmony with how Jesus treated people? Is it in harmony, you know, with what he taught? Is it, is it in harmony with, you know, his character and nature? We don't do that. We just, again, we just, we, we, we get the catchphrase about my identity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then we decide what that's going to look like without ever comparing it to him. So we, so we enter. So if we don't know him, we have nothing to compare no. it to. We enter into a false religious idea that's going to be based on our ego. That's going to be something we fight and kill to preserve because because we don't want to ever give up, you know, you know, being right. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about, I, you know, putting our new identity, it's got it's got to start with knowing who Jesus is. Yeah. Do you want to be a moral person? Do you want to be a godly person? Do you want to be an ethical person? Do you want to walk in love even when it's not to your benefit and when it's not to, to your right. benefit? In other words, right. you, 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 this is, you know, read the Gospels, you know, about a hundred times <laughs> yeah. and prayerfully and, and yes. look at who Jesus is and, and decide, is this the fruit I want in my life? And, and even becoming like Jesus may end up me getting crucified, you know, may end up me getting, becoming a martyr. I mean, yeah. you got to accept the whole package. Is this is this who is this who I want to be, at, at, with all the inflections of what it will bring into my life, uh, good or bad? And so, really, we're not talking about being able to identify one scripture or a dozen scriptures and say I'm I'm confessing you know that this is true about me. Uh, and golly, I could go into just hours of of misunderstandings that we have about confessing and, and all that all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff uh right now is not the time to do it but so we're kind of talking about entering to some degree entering into a dimension where everything about me everything around me you know everything about the way i think everything about the way i look at life changes and and i i i begin functioning in, in a dimension that is totally different than ever, anything I've ever functioned in before. Mm-hmm. I could talk about me, Bob. You can uh, talk about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I was. I always can open my mouth and start talking about how this applies to my life, but I'd love to hear yeah. from you. And uh, I think this this carries on, Jim, along the series that you're doing uh, with with the Cyber Church. You know, entitled you know Portals into His Presence, because when you talk about this dimension, you're speaking about an abiding of His presence. And, and that is, yeah, you know, what you true. introduced in, in the first of this yeah. series is this place of abiding. Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I, I think a lot of times people yeah. view this sense of identity is I this is what I want. And so I'm going to take this element and I'm going to put this one on. I'm gonna, that's what I'm, I'm going to take this element and then I'm going to put this on, you know, because, again, I'm going to gratify or I'm looking for a solution or an answer for a particular problem that I'm facing. And, and, and so I'm missing the benefit of actually living and experiencing my life in him, you know? So again, it's not something that I'm just manipulating for my, my, my own uh, gain, but it's a place of actually entering into a place of rest of identity. Yeah. So that no matter what happens around me yeah. circumstantially, yeah. I still get to be me. 
So you good. know, circumstances aren't going to define me yeah. or restrict me or or direct me. I I really am. You know, that's when the the uh, the confidence you know in my identity and the rest. You know, I don't have to force it, but I, I think yeah. I think this is what you're you're uh, inviting yeah. us into is to move more into that place of the dimension. Yeah. And, and again, you know, we, we said last week when we started this, we said, you know, we're going to use a bunch of terminology. We are not saying this is the perfect terminology. We're going to yeah. use terminology to try to help people get concepts, you know, grasp these concepts and, and this sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, talking about dimensions and all that kind of stuff, that maybe this isn't the perfect yeah. language to use for this. Right. But right, hopefully right, it right. will help create, you know, this concept. Yeah. Yeah, there's an identity that Audrey and I share, you know, with each other that is indescribable, you know, to you or to others. But yet it's something that we know and we experience out of that relationship. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think that's, you know, the, you know, we're trying, you know, to ever really put words to it with, you know, in some ways might give people a hint, but I don't want to dim diminish the depth and the security and, uh, you know, the love and relationship that we have. And I think this is, you know, in this way of, of knowing, and as you've always said, knowing just isn't this intellectual understanding, but it's the experiencing of who I am, you know, in Christ and who he is in me. Mm -hmm. You know, the interesting thing about about knowing and we've talked about this so much and you brought out some good really some good points about it you know in second peter 1 3 uh man this this has always been one of my uh, one of my go-to passages just just my whole christian life i have i have just mm. loved uh actually you know when, when i was a uh you know new believer at first the first uh you know, five years I, I was a believer. If I ever got to where I was uh, kind of wavering or struggling, uh, I, I'd go back and read the books of Peter. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and you know, later on, a lot of my friends were like, well, man, that's not a, that's not a grace book. I said, well, maybe, maybe you might need to uh, give up your opinion and read it again. But, <laughs> and, you know, in the book of Second Peter, uh, and, and, you know, one of the things I like about Peter is man, he messed up a lot, so like I can identify with him. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at at John. You know, I'm not. It's like, you know what, uh, God, just show me a lot about Peter. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to know so much about John because he started off at a much more elevated level than I have probably even yet <laughs> reached. So, give me some goof off, and and yeah. let me let me kind of look at him. And so, anyhow, in Second Peter one three incredible I, I love this whole book i'm saying but, but it says so he starts out in verse of grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord well number one that shows you that grace and peace are not static it's not like something mm -hmm. that god hands and says well, yeah i got grace i got grace i'm, I'm a, man i'm a grace believer I, yeah i got it well no you don't uh you know you know grace like we were talking about last week grace for grace it's a moment by moment mm -hmm. continual yeah. journey yeah. that in every yeah. situation you step into am i going to yield to the grace of god which is not mercy which is not forgiveness grace is about the power and the capacity power. to yeah. live and have victory in that situation but anyhow i could wear that but but what's interesting 
it doesn't even say that you just that you, so, so much that you automatically have grace and peace. It says grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Now that word knowledge, as you guys know, we hit it all the time, is, is the, comes from the word gnosis, which means it is an experiential knowledge. Now, mm-hmm. which, which, which is saying that the way grace and peace is multiplied in your life is by learning something or coming into a knowledge base by an experience. Now, and, and now, you know, a lot of people make theology out of their experiences. And this is not what we're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a, a, an experience where the fruit that is born out of that experience is always going to be in harmony with the character and nature of God. It's always going to be in harmony with the Word of God. So, an interesting thing about the God kind of knowledge, and as far as I can understand it in the Hebrew, and, you know, kind of been toward my Hebrew, my Hebrew teacher, I've talked to him about this many times. Uh, I see it very clearly in, in, in the Greek language, but I also see it in many things that Jesus taught, is that with God, see, the tree, of, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil said, get the light, and the light, the knowledge, the information will give you life. Well, mm-hmm. that is an unbiblical concept because mm-hmm. the light can't produce life the light can only shine onto your path and shine onto right. the face of God. And the light's always based on the word of God. And so it, it can show right. you the path that you walk, you know, to, to walk with God. It can show you the character and, and the nature of God so that, so that when you start moving into something, you, you know it's word-based. You know it's truth-based. So the concept of life with, and knowledge with God is that, is that, we are always with our finite minds approaching infinite wisdom, power, intelligence, uh, knowledge, realms, you know, capacities. And so, so to explain, to explain to the finite mind something that is infinite is total nonsense. Right. I mean, you, you know, you can give, give mathematical formulas for, you know, for rightness or, you know, or for godly things. And the, and the real truth is when you get through, you, you can, you know, there's that, maybe that little moment where you kind of have a little glimpse of I'm sort of getting this and then it just evaporates because, because right. the, the infinite can never be explained in, in a way to be mm-hmm. comprehended. Never, 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 never. You know, I always think about when it says, it says in him, talking about Jesus, was the life and the life was the light the light wasn't the life the, the life, life was, was light. The light. so so what it's saying is there has to be an experience and an engaging with an, an mm, influx or an infusion so of life good. and when you yeah. have an infusion with life then suddenly what comes understanding you don't get the understanding. That is what happens. Yeah. It happens first. The life comes first. Now, you, As you said, that infusion, that experience, and all uh, of a sudden, all the lights turn you on. You know, uh, uh, we can have a life-giving experience with God, and in our hearts, we can fully understand it, but we can never explain it. Right. And uh, so, so we have to go... We, the nearest we can get to understanding life 
supernatural life of God, the Zoe of God. The closest we can get to that is to is to read the scripture meditatively, always depending on the Holy Spirit to help you understand, not understand the theological interpretation as much as understand, okay, what does this look like in real life? What does this look like if it's working mm-hmm. in my life? How, you know, who will I be if this if, if this starts actually functioning in my life? And so so that that is what you call renewing the mind. And so as you renew the mind and you and you meditate on that, then at some point in time that becomes so established in in your heart that your heart opens up and you experience it because you're connecting to God. You don't experience it just because you're meditating. You know, I talk to a lot of people meditating. It's like they leave God out of their meditations. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not saying that's evil or wrong, but I'm just saying it's never going to get you what you want. This has got to be about you connecting with God personally. But what, what's really interesting there in, in, in the Gospel of John, it says the light shined into the world and the world didn't comprehend it. But it also goes on to say something else. It says, it says, because the world, they love darkness because of their evil deeds. See, anybody, anybody can see it as it is. Anybody can get the revelation of anything that's in the Bible. God is never holding. The only thing that keeps us from seeing, which mm-hmm. provides enough light to lead us down the path to a personal, intimate connection, is the fact, I don't, I don't want to give up my sin here. I've got, I got a good thing going with this here. And, and it's the type is, just like with the children of Israel, which the children of Israel going into Canaan was a type of us entering the kingdom of heaven. And so God told them to drive out all the inhabitants of the land because if you don't, you know, they will become thorns in your sides and thorns in your eyes. They will destroy you, da 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 And so, um, you know, they found excuses not to drive them out. And what they mostly did was kept them for slaves. So instead of driving them out, they kept them as slaves, and so that, that meant that the owners of these slaves started getting sexually involved with the women slaves, and, and, and then before long, their families were intermarrying. And so basically, God had one reason. You know, people say, man, how could a loving God say drive all these people out of their homeland? Well, I'll tell you how. Because he didn't want the bloodline of Jesus to be lost and the world be cut off from God forever. And so... And so uh, all sin comes in the world. I'm going to show you this in a minute. There is, in the New Covenant, there's very little about fighting the devil, and the way we fight the devil is always the good fight of faith. It's not about the fight against the devil. It's not about looking at the problems. It's not about sizing every problem up and writing every problem down and getting it all mapped out. It's about, okay, I'm in trouble. I better look at Jesus here, you know, because if I don't look at him, uh, I'm, I'm going, fear is going to overtake me. I'll, I'll never win this, this battle. So uh, the children of Israel, I mean, so they rationalize it. They're like, well, you know, God said he wanted us to come in here, eat houses we, I mean, live in houses we didn't build and eat from vineyards that we didn't plant. So, you know, that, that's the same thing as keeping slaves. I mean, they built these for us. So let's keep some slaves and see. That'll just, that'll just bolster God's word to show the world how prosperous we are because we have slaves. You know, you, you, know, you find... See, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It's yeah. all about something that you carnally or logically or intellectually, you can kind of define how doing this will give you gratification, success, ego, or whatever 
and, and somehow justify yeah, it. You justify and you replace, you know, this way you don't have to f walk with God and figure out how he's going to do that for you. I, 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 I got this, God. You know, like, I, I, I got this covered. So, so we have to experience God. And when we experience God, when, when we start experiencing that life, the light's going to come. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and, and you know, y'all guys heard me talk about this. I've had, I've had cripples in my meeting get up and walk. And they were so afraid of losing, uh, you know, their Social Security benefits that they couldn't, they, not, not that they couldn't hold on that healing. They don't want to. They don't want to run the risk. I mean, I, I've had blind people get healed in my meetings that, that went home and, and argued and fussed with God until they went blind again because this was, you know, this was their identity. This was their, you know, I could just go down the list of different situations where people have been healed. So anyhow, the knowledge of God always starts by experiencing the life. And because we experience the life, then we have the light. We have the understanding. We have the knowledge. And the problem is we can't really explain to anybody exactly how that transaction between us and God happened. We can testify about it, but we really can't say, I did this, God yeah. did that. Right, we can't. Because it's going to be different for every single person. And you get to have yours. And you can't put this on someone else's experience. It has to be yours. And I know that our listeners, you guys, you know this and you love this. Because you do know yeah. God. You do know His. And you are all probably relating with us saying, yeah, there's no words to describe this. This is ours. This is personal. You know, the Pharisees, Jesus told the Pharisees, I can't remember where it was, but he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you're going to find life. And he says, I have come to, to bring you life and you want to kill me. And, and he says, because all these scriptures are talking about me. And, and, and you know, I'll, I don't want to make people lazy and buy. This makes me want to read the Bible more. If you want to know the truth, mm -hmm. it didn't make, mm -hmm. this doesn't make me go, oh, yeah. you know, I don't ever have to read the Bible again. Now, I, I love what I discover from the Word No, of God. this is actually the very opposite. This makes me mm -hmm. want to have the light and the life, that continuum. Yeah. More light, more life. More light, yeah. more life. Like that's that incredible continuum that gives us, I think it actually brings us into those other oh, dimensions yeah. that we were talking about last week. Is just the growing within those dimensions, not because of, as Bob said, to solve your problems, right. but just to be with God, not to get everything you want yeah. on earth, but just... The, the, that's putting the cart before the horse. It's just like, no, that'll happen. But it's the entire motive and passion is that Jesus is our love and he lavishes his love on us. And then we lavish our love on him. So you go back to, back to second Peter. So he says, okay, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. You know, I, and I don't, boy, I could really spend a lot of time on this, but it still amazes me how few Christians understand where Jesus fits into the link between us and God. <laughs> <laughs> like, how can this not be more obvious? You know, uh, there, was a, there was a Jewish guy here in town that I worked for when I first moved back to Huntsville. And uh, he, I helped him set up a music store. And so I worked for him for about a year. And... Uh, and so he would, you know, we would have staff meetings every week. And every time we'd have a staff meeting, I would say, well, you know, the book of Proverbs 
says this, and I would come out with some good business principle. Man, he would be astounded. He didn't even know it was in the Bible. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and yeah, so yeah, yeah. we built a really good professional rapport. And I was in his office one day talking to him. I started talking about something. I can't remember what it was, about God. And, uh, and he says, you know why I let you talk to me about God? I said, well, why? He said, all the Christians I know, they talk Jesus, 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 never say anything about God. And that's true. And that is true. I've never thought about that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even think we have a good concept of when we pray, what it means to pray in His name. Of a praying in, you know, in Him, just praying. You know what I mean? Just, just I'm before you in Christ. I'm not just, I'm not just using His name as a formula. I am in Christ right here. You know, me and Him, as we, we, we are look so much alike, I, yeah. you can't tell us apart. Yep, and it's not just a magic words at the end of a tagline to make sure yeah. everything we did was in Jesus' name. It's more like, no, as you said, we are actually in Him. You know, we are yeah. in Him. We we are living in so Him. So in this scenario, he's saying you need to have this experience uh, of God and of Jesus, and, and mm -hmm. of Jesus as, as our Lord. And so he says in verse 3, as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow, 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 wow. has wow. given? Well, that's past tense. Yeah. So yeah. why am I praying for him to give it to me? Look, good because question. Because you, you, you don't believe you got it. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a really good question. Why are you and, and if I've got it, how come I'm not healed? Because he says I've got everything that pertains to life and godliness. So I've already got it. So how, how, could I, how could I have healing and be sick? How could I have... How could I have prosperity and be broke? You know, how could I have mm -hmm, peace mm -hmm. and be lonely? You know, well, because we don't read the other half of the verse. As his divine power has given us, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the experiential knowledge of him yes. who called us to glory and virtue. Yes. So it goes back to something I always say, I always say, people get sick of hearing me say it. It's like, it doesn't matter what God's mm -hmm. given you. What matters is what are you experiencing? What mm -hmm. part of it are you what experiencing? What are you experiencing? Yes. Yep. Yes. So, you know, it made, it, it made me mad, you know, back in 1983 when I realized I already have healing. I'm just not experiencing it. So mm -hmm. what, what do I do to bring myself to a place to where I experience this? And that's, so I changed mm -hmm. from I need you to do this for me to this yeah. is... How can I yeah. position myself or what can I, yes. And so, and, and so, but let's go on down this verse. This is really interesting, by the way. And I'm not even going to spend time on the glory and virtue. Golly, I could preach a week on that. It says in verse four, but by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. So they have been given to us. And so the yes. key here is, you know, am I experiencing you know, am I having the knowledge, the experience and all? Mm -hmm. but, but get this. So I've got all the promises. Now get this. That through these, you may be a partaker of the divine nature. Now we're talking about identity. Mm -hmm. You can't talk about identity without nature. What is my nature? Do I have a godly nature? You know, am I right? Do I have a righteous nature? In other words, is it my nature? Is it, you know, always when I see the word nature in the Bible, I always go natural. <laughs> You know, yes. yeah, just yeah. natural. Exactly. It's just simple. It's just no effort. It's just who I yeah, am. So, so is it my, is it natural for me to want to be honest? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. See, yeah. you may have some falls. You may have messed up somewhere along the way. 
But that doesn't mean it's natural for you. That's yeah. why Proverbs says, you know, righteous men fall seven times. He just keeps getting up. You know, just, yeah. just get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, yeah. get up. You know, I'll throw this out. Yeah. By the way, I heard Chuck uh, Missler say this one time. And this is so cool. You know, uh, when when, when uh, the disciples came to Jesus and said, so how many times I got to forgive my brother? Seven times? He says seven times 70. Well, now see, we read that in the English translation. It don't mean much. He's saying, he's saying, uh, you got to give him, and he's talking about a dimension of time, not a number of times. Because what he's talking about is is a, a seven, you got to forgive him seven periods of seventy. Now that's that's exactly what Jesus talked about in the book of Daniel about the seventy weeks, and so and so Jesus was saying, uh, just like the Father, you know, you know, work this out through these seventy weeks to forgive all of your sins and to deliver you, no matter what you've done, no matter how wicked you are. That's the same dimension of forgiveness that you have to give to other people, or if it, if you if you want to be like God. Man, that's rich, ain't it, Bob? Yeah. I, I, as, as soon as you start throwing Daniel in there, I'm like, oh, let's take a look oh, at yeah. this. You know, I, again, because this really is his very nature and character. Yeah. This is who God is. So, and, and, we, and we spin it and we try to make it all about yeah. us. But he's like, no, I want you to be a partaker yeah. of my yeah. nature, which then becomes your character which is your identity. Yeah. So, and so when you stop and think about dimensions, the way we're talking about this, then, mm -hmm. you know, seven times 70, man, that sounds pretty extreme. But when you, when you're talking about, uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, seven sevens times seven seventies, then you're mm -hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. You're talking about a dimension of time that, that could take hundreds of years. And so hundreds of years of me forgiving, I would really never run out of it. Run and out. I would never There's even no match out. up to what you've done. <laughs> right, right. Man, that, that, that is so rich, I'm telling you. But, but so listen to this. <laughs> we, really try, we really try to take the, the, the infinite... Yeah. God and make it very fun. So what I'm going to do now? Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to move money from my right pocket to my left pocket because I'm going to give myself an offering for that. <laughs> <laughs> you should always keep money in your right pocket when you're preaching, so that when you I give myself so when you an say something good, you can give yourself an offering. That was rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I love you it. You know, interesting. And by the way, all <laughs> real theologians grasp this when you're studying prophecy. Is the everything? I, there's a there's a word for it, a Hebrew word that I don't remember. But everything significant in the Bible is broken up into sevens, and so there's seven days, and we know about the, you know coming up on the seventh. So there's seven days, and then there's seven weeks, which would be seven times seven because a week is seven, seven days, and then there yeah. are seven months, and then there are seven seventies. You know, and so so you're going you're going from from uh, 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 you know days to to weeks to months to years, which turns into and and you start using these numbers. You start looking in the original language where all these numbers come into play. 
in different prophecies and suddenly you're like, golly, God is smart. I didn't even know he knew math. I, I thought he might know how to add and subtract. I didn't know he could do geometry. <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyhow, you jump back over here to the book of Peter. Now, and this is what I, where I love to focus in. So the corruption is in the world. I'm telling you, you ask anybody about the corruptions in the world, they're going to start wanting to talk about the devil. You ask anybody about solving the corruption that's in the world, they're going to want to talk to you about fighting the devil. I mean, you know, it's like devil, 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 which means everything about me living in victory is me keeping my eyes on the problems. Exactly. And identifying them yeah. and, and figuring them and, out. And getting a name for them and, you know, all that kind of and stuff. And get a name, yeah. I was casting the devil out of somebody one time, I said, I said, I know your name is ugly. And it was a sarcastic devil. And he said, you ugly too. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I, wait a minute. I got to take that money out of my left pocket and put it back in my right pocket now for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just lost, just lost Maybe I, maybe lost I can get another good offer here in a minute. Yeah, you, it'll, it'll happen. But, just give it a few more minutes. But see, there's all of these subtle things. Every word of the Bible means something. Everywhere. And our problem is, and, and interestingly with God, God identifies realities by patterns, not by individual scriptures. Mm. And so, mm. so, you know, when God starts talking to you about, about heaven, what does he do? He gives you a whole bunch of different ways to look at it. So, so a pattern mm. starts emerging. You know, when God talks about his character. That's so true. When, you know, when he starts talking about his character, he didn't just say, I'm a really nice guy. You know, he gives you thousands of ways to see how kind and generous he is. So a pattern emerges. So, you know, it amazes me with these lame people that think they're theologians. They will take one scripture that they don't understand that seems to contradict one other scripture, but they'll take one scripture out of context and try to use that scripture to explain away a pattern that has hundreds yeah. of scriptures in it right and it, and you know what it's like you start seeing it i find that when god is speaking to me as you said about something or something he's moving me towards of of learning the depths of his yeah. his wisdom or whatever that is it's funny that he'll give me a word a, a certain word i start thinking about and all of a sudden i'm reading yeah. all these scriptures and that particular yeah. word is everywhere and i'm like oh i what like it's in Romans? Like I didn't know that. Word. Know. You know what I'm saying? It all starts to make sense. It's like when you this buy a car. Pattern. Yeah, and you know when you buy a car and you didn't see that car before, yeah. and now that car is all over. You see them exactly. everywhere. It's just it's turning your eyes to. It's just turning yeah. the light on to see. And yeah, that's so the life happens, and then the light turns on. So you know if it. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, and I'm not trying to be condescending. But I'm telling you, if you're one of those people, you still struggle. And I have good, you know, our, our UI group, our, you know, my, which is my personal coaching group. I mean, we, we have people that they've been in this group long enough, man. They are so honest. It, I mean, you just don't meet people out there that are dishonest. And so, so you know, they were, I was getting questions the other day about, okay, so, you know, is there, can I kind of get to where I don't pay enough attention to the devil? or You know, I mean, and, and so they're asking all these questions about, well, wait a minute. You know, this is what I was taught to use spiritual warfare to do. And, uh, but this scripture right here, just one of those, one scriptures that you could tell, you think about all the corruption that's in the world. Listen to this. It says, by the promises, which means, which means 
solving every problem starts out with the promises, starts out with how good God is. You don't mm -hmm. start with the problem and then try to get your goofy theology about God to tell you how he can solve this for you. You start out with who he is until you absolutely become immovable about the character and the nature of God. Then the truth is you're never going to be stable and you're never going to win every battle. Listen, I win every battle. Every battle I win. And I'm not saying that egotistically. I'm not saying that like I have anything that anybody else doesn't have. I got the same thing you got, a Bible. So listen to this. <laughs> so, so if God is the God of all these promises, and he is. Yeah. Yeah. Then I got to start from there. Okay, if I've got lack in any area, but I got a promise yeah. that says, here, I got a way to meet that need, then I don't have to turn to sin, right? Right. I mean, we've talked about this from the book of James. And we talked about how that, you know, temptation is basically lack. It, it emerges from any kind of a feeling of lack or insufficiency. Right. And right. so, and so. I'm not insufficient. Yeah. I am not. Well, you jump over where, you know, Paul said in the book of Colossians, you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities yeah. and power. So you either believe that or you don't. But you got to, you know, I, back in, you remember a couple of years ago in one of our meetings we were doing, I think it was here. And man, all week long, weekend long, I just kept hitting that scripture. Make. You know, make the tree good and the fruit good or make the tree bad and the fruit bad. But you cannot look yeah. at God and say, well, you know, he's good, but fruit's bad. It's like you, you got to come to yeah. a place where it's either the tree's good and the fruit's good or the tree's bad and the fruit's bad. You can't have, there's not, you know, there's not uh, uh, some good roots and some bad roots and some good fruit and mm -hmm. some bad fruit. It's, it's one or the other. And so... Yeah. <coughs> You got to come to a place where it's like either God's good and he's good all the time and he has proven it. And really, you're not really even equipped to do any serious theological research until you answer that question, because you're going to interpret every scripture you read based on how you see God. So you get over here, all corruption that's in the world, you escape it first and foremost because you know the promises and you know that God is good and faithful to his promises. But listen to this. You escape the corruption, and the way that corruption is in the world is through lust. What is lust? Works of the flesh. There is no corruption in the world from the outside that can take you. The only corruption that can destroy you is the, the desires that you do not believe God will give you a healthy way to fulfill. There's not another way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I know you got to be sitting there going, well, wait a minute, what, what's this got to do with, with, you know, with our identity? What's this got to do with our self-image? What, you know, what are you talking about? You know, what, what's this got to do with it? Well, our identity has to start with God, not with us. Mm -hmm. And the thing that man lost at the fall was not authority. It was identity. It was, it was being created in the likeness and, and the image of God. So, so now this is, more responsibility than most people want. So, so I, when I enter into this realm that says this is who I am, and I am exactly as Christ, as He is right now, raised from dead. This is how I am in this world. And uh, mm -hmm. if I fail at it, then that doesn't mean it changed. It just means I get up and go. Oh, wait a minute! That don't look like what Jesus do. I'm not going that way. And so, mm -hmm. so I have this identity. And so, if I have this identity, if I am seeing myself in him 
then there is no fighting with the devil because that fight, that battle has already taken place and Jesus has already won and I'm already in him. So we're entering into a realm that says, and really this is why people don't enter into this realm. <laughs> Remember we said the light shines into the darkness, but because, because the world loved its evil deeds, they didn't comprehend the light. That's it. That's the only, re that's the only reason. That mm -hmm. is the only reason people don't right, see right. what God's trying to show them is because I'm getting some kind of gratification from, you know, from my flesh, for some ungodly yeah. way of fulfilling, yeah. which keeps me in the corruption that's in the world, which means no matter what I look at, I'm looking at it from the dark. I'm not really seeing it clearly. You know, when I was doing all this research on light and darkness, I finally, man, I don't even, oh, man, I don't even know how many months I... And I've done this before. I mean, it's not like this is the first time I've ever, you know, made this. This wasn't a maiden uh, voyage. But I was like, I'm missing something. I, I can tell. I mean, I'm, I'm learning a lot every time I go back and do this study. It's, it's helping me and I walk with God. I'm, I'm missing something. And so anytime you're missing something, you, you want to apply the law of first reference. You know, the mm -hmm. simplest way to understand anything is the first time it is mentioned in the Bible. Uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, the first time a bow was mentioned in the Bible was a rainbow. And I never <laughs> saw this. I mean, I learned this from somebody else, but I never saw this. But, uh, you know, a, a, a bow or a, was something that signified a making of a covenant. And, and so, you know, the first horseman that you see in, in the book of Revelation, he has a bow, but he doesn't have arrows. And we, we assume that's Christ. It's not Christ. That's, that's the Antichrist who comes to make a covenant with the, you know, with the children of Israel. And, and, he, and he looks like a bearer of peace. But, you know, you can't understand that bow with no arrows until you go back and look at the first time a bow was mentioned, then you start going, oh, well, wait a minute, let me go to the next time. Let me go to the next time. And you start finding that it's mentioned more times in relationship to a covenant than it is to a bow and arrow. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think you should give yourself another offering. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, if we were in the same room, I'd borrow, I'd borrow 20 from you right now. See? Man, you're rich. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, so I thought, I just kind of dawned on me. I don't know why it took me so long to do this. I mean, because I'd looked up, I think I'd worked, looked up every ask, every place that the word light and darkness was mentioned anywhere in the Bible. You know, just trying to come, wow. trying to find the pattern, trying to find the, the logos of it, the big picture of it, all, yes, yes, all yes, ways yes. of seeing it. Well, I, you know, it was a Holy Ghost thing. I was, man, I was sitting there looking at, the, at my Bible and I was thinking, Something don't feel right. Some, I don't. Uh, yeah. Something doesn't feel right. I'm yeah. not looking at the right place. And then suddenly it dawned on me. Instead of going directly to the first time the word light and darkness was used, to go to the first time light and darkness manifest. And so I went to the scripture where it said, and you know, uh, uh, and so and so was the first day from, and it basically is saying, you know, from evening until morning and, and suddenly both my heart said that's it now look, look search this out and so you start realize what what happens that evening evening as the evening comes and you know you're out driving in the evening you know that's one of the worst times in the world to drive just as the sun is starting to go down because it's not that you can't see 
but you can't always see clearly. You can't always distinguish exactly what it is. And, the, and, and so you move from that point to total darkness to where you can't mm -hmm. see anything. So now you're, t you know, the farther right. you go into this. So when things aren't clear, then they become dark. And, they be and you become yeah. vulnerable. But what, happen what yeah. happens, and, you know, but the Bible calls Jesus, you know, the day star and talks about him rising in your heart. And, and, and again, this goes back to the light comes from the life. So, so in the, the morning represents connecting to Jesus, the day star, so to speak. And because you connect to him, then suddenly the sun starts shining. Now you can see what all those images were. You can tell exactly yeah. what you couldn't define. Wow, know. this is so profound. Oh, it, it was. And oh it just, you, you know, you can do some research in it, pray over it. Because, I mean, it'll just be almost yes. non-ending about what you will begin to see about <laughs> life and light. And, you know, the Bible says God is light and there is no darkness whatsoever. Darkness. God, God doesn't hide things. He doesn't conceal things. Now, I know you can take scriptures where it talks about, you know, see the honor of a, you know, God to conceal a thing, the honor of a king to search it out. I understand that. And that's talking about certain things that, that God had to, had to conceal openly in the scripture. Not, they're not concealed that you can't see them or find them. He had to conceal them in such a way that if you didn't have the heart for it, you couldn't get it. And so, the, so what you can't see in the scripture, because you ain't got a heart for it, you don't want to see it, you know, you don't want to give up whatever, whatever your, your position is. And so, and so I start realizing that, that, that really, I want, to, I want to go over in that dimension where the light is. The problem with going into where the light is, it not only makes me capable of seeing, you know, what's wrong around me, but it does reveal what I'm holding on to that, that is destructive and deceptive. But, and it reveals it not in a condemning way, but it reveals it because the light drives out the darkness. And suddenly I start realizing, whoa, whoa, I can't hold on to it. If I stay here, I can't hold on to this. Yeah. So we enter into that place that is, you know, it's a realm. It's a dimension. It's uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many words we could come up with, but it is a dimension that once I get into this dimension, I start seeing God more as He is, and then as I as I see God, as long as I believe that I can transform, that that I you know have been made righteous, that I can be more like Jesus, then suddenly. I start also seeing my capacity to be transformed in this light. And, it, and it's effortless. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. I'm going to go study more. I mean, I might, sure, I'm going to have to renew my mind. But it's, it just kind of gets into, I just, I just can't help it. I always think this way. You know, I always think about walking in love. I always think about being merciful and kind. And so it takes me into this dimension that uh, I can never get there by any amount of prayer, study, anything other than, connecting with God, and then the light comes on. Yeah. And out of that, I can see everything I need to see. I can understand everything I need to understand about where I am and, and, and how to yield to God in that situation. Now, you know what? Yeah. I just tried to explain to you. Some of you are sitting there going, I don't understand. Well, I told you at the very beginning of this, I can't really explain this. You, I can't explain yeah. this dimension. Yeah. And, and for myself, I mentioned this um, 
you know, before we started the, the recording of today's podcast, because for me, I'm seeing the abiding. Yeah. And we mentioned, we mentioned that in the, the first of this series, it, it, just that abiding, but seeing ourselves as being grafted in. Oh, yeah. And, 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 it, says, and it says that apart from him, I can do nothing. And so it's, if, if I can see myself literally being grafted in, then all of a sudden, everything from yeah. him, you know, fl- flows through me and to me. And, all of, and when I am grafted in, then all of a sudden, I'm a part of the good tree. And my life produces the fruit, yeah. you know, of, of the source of my life. It, it, this is, I, I think, Jim, exactly, you know, what you're leading oh, yeah. into. And he, he is my life. And he is then my light. Because then now I, I have a clearer, you know, um, vision yeah. of the path and my surrounding and circumstances. But I think many times people begin first from the place, this is my problem. Mm -hmm. This is my circumstance. This is my situation. And I'm trying to bring light to it. But if I would first tap in and begin to experience the life, Mm -hmm. now it's going to bring a different light to my particular situation. The light of intellectualism is never yes. as clear as you think it is. It's never as yeah. bright as you think it is because mm-hmm. it can't shine into the supernatural dimensions. It it can't perceive, you know, last week we talked about the 10 dimensions of the universe and how that they're, when the mm-hmm. universe fractured by man becoming sin, uh, you know, then he lost the capability to perceive those other six dimensions of the universe, which, which is, is you know, angels move in those dimensions. And you start realizing in those dimensions that suddenly there's a lot of things with God that you think happen. Now, now God lives outside of time and space. But all the angels, all the things that are going on in the supernatural realm, it's not that it's a hundred million light years out there. It's happening right around you. You just can't perceive it because it's in this other dimension, but it's still happening. It's still it's still just as real. And you, you, know, you can come to the place where you can perceive those things uh, more readily. But you know, Bob, it, it, it kind of, uh, I didn't plan on it, but it, it seems like your emphasis on, on, on abiding. You know, we started off last week's program mm-hmm. with abiding mm-hmm. and you, you kept it alive mm-hmm. and kept re-mentioning it. You know, and, and so the thing is, some of, some of us want to go visit another realm long enough to solve a problem but we have no interest in becoming a new you know the new creature that we are we have you, you know you i think about moses now you talk about you talk about a, a dimensional multi-dimensional experience moses goes and bible says in your light we have a lot moses goes and and you know this whole thing about if you touch if you touch the holy of holies you know you'll die or and you know all this kind of stuff or if the if the priest comes in here without dealing with his own sin he'll die and see we look at that as God pronouncing judgments and threats but really what he is saying in my presence uh you know 
sin can't live. In my presence, yeah. these things can exist. And the light of my presence will extinguish all of these things. And if that's what your life is made out of, it kills you too. And but so mm -hmm. Moses, he's going and praying and he's connecting to God in ways that few people ever have. So what happens? His face starts shining. He, he transforms. He, tra he starts trans And I believe, this is my opinion, I'm not saying I'm right, but I believe that if Moses had stayed long enough, he would have transitioned from this dimension to the dimension sure, of God. Sure, right. Which then brings us, you know, to Enoch. Yep. The, the characteristic of his life, he walked with God. That's it. So one day, they, and then one all day sudden, they just walked longer than they had before, and suddenly it's like, they're gone. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and he was no more no. here. He was there. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's it. When we think about identity, I, just, I know we got to close, but, but I just want everybody to understand. You can get hung up on all these scientific concepts that we have presented, which we've only used those as examples. We've only used those to try to get a language that makes the supernatural make sense in, in, in some way. Mm -hmm. But, but here's what I really want to leave you with. I want to leave you with the fact that, that if you want to be like Jesus, now, Honestly, I mean, God doesn't want you hurting. God doesn't want you in pain. But honestly, that's not what God's not about. Just about, okay, let me get you out of this trouble that your sin got you into. He will, but that's never his purpose. His purpose is, I want to bring you into a transformation because I, I, it was predestined that you would be conformed to the image of Jesus. You would look like him. You would think like him. You would function like him. You would talk to people like him. You'd treat people like him. Every aspect of how you interact with every aspect of life would be like Jesus. That has been his goal since before the foundations of the world. So what I'm saying to you, you can labor over all the details or really you can just start building an intimate life with God. And, and, you know, you will start changing effortlessly. You will start changing mm -hmm. just because you say, I want to be like Jesus. So God, you know, when I'm reading the word, anything I need to learn from it, put in practice in my life, I will. But you got to transform me so that I do this kind of effortlessly out of, out of who I am. And I'm just telling you, it, this whole life gets so easy that it's almost ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. And something that I say, you know, to others, I say, don't, don't allow your, your, your past, yeah. you know, to be an excuse, yeah. you know, let it be an explanation. Yeah. But with that, then I'm going to move into his presence and he's going to heal your heart. <coughs> yep. You know, he will heal your heart. And this, this place of becoming like him, um, it's not that we all become robots, right. you know, and, but there is such a beauty of uniqueness yep. of his very nature and character that he wants to express through you to the yep. world. But it comes from abiding in his presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I do want to mention, Jim, before we go, uh, the, the, the um, cyber church uh, yep. series that you've begun in portals into his yep. presence. And that's the invitation I believe that you've made today. So and we'll you. have that uh, series as soon as I have finished the audio series for that. We'll we'll have uh, you gotcha. guys, and you'll be able to get it out. And uh, and remember when you know we create. I, I I had somebody write me the other day and talk, tell me what a jerk I was because of you know I, 
if I, you know, if I was actually a disciple, I would never charge for anything. And, you know, because my response was, you know, you just got through watching a whole series for free. You didn't get charged anything for it. And, uh, 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 you know, I don't say it to people who make smart ass remarks like that, but sometimes I want to say, so do you give any money to take the gospel to the ends of the earth to anybody? You know, uh, but, you know, we use these resources. Two things happen when people purchase these audio series. Number one, just like the series that I'm finishing up right now online, you know, uh, you know the uh, 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 resurrection realities. We're talking about something like maybe ten or twelve free videos that are not duplications of the audio, and then the audio uh -huh. becomes a supplement for people to say, "Wait a minute, I'm taking this a step farther." You know, I, I do yes. want to incorporate this in my life. I do want to be a disciple. So those people make an investment in their life, but then it provides the resources for us to take this to the ends of the earth. And the number one question other preachers ask me when they visit our site, visit our program, they say, how do you even make it financially? You nearly never say anything about money. No, we don't. Now, we do invite mm -hmm. people to become world changers, that kind of stuff, but the point is you invest in you and you'll take the gospel to your world, and then we'll and then we'll take what you pay for one of those audio series, and we'll invest the gospel in our world, and together we'll change the way the world sees God. Yes, we can. Good. Thank you, thank you, Jim, and thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do. I please don't allow this uh, series and the 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 uh, the truths that you uh, gather here. Don't don't put them on a shelf, you know, as as a as a form of, oh, I got mm -hmm. it now. I want this to be your experience yep. and your reality it's for you to actually live in that dimension for yourself. So it's wonderful. Blessings. Good. All right. Y'all have a wonderful week. Bye bye.